Welcome back to another episode of the Millennium Live podcast. We have a great partnership series, and we are on our way to 250 episodes, which we'll hit in 2024. So I want to take this time to thank our listeners for their support and generosity of making our podcast uh, the success that it is. And it's up to our members and our great partners. We have a great partner with us again today. I'm so happy to have to continue the AI powered IT ops chat with Jason Walker. He is the chief innovation officer at Big Panda. Welcome back, Jason. Hey, Connor. Good to see you again. Great to see you. And uh, I uh, I do want to make note that you were the uh, chief technology officer when we did speak last time on the podcast. You've uh, changed now to you're now the chief innovation officer. So uh, just a quick uh question for you um is there any difference uh you know with with your role um is there a change in in focus for you and in, in terms of growth and 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 being innovation and changing perhaps uh, some strategies yeah um it, it's a great question because you know titles uh come and go the way a startup works and, and definitely a big panda we're always looking for good people and we're constantly in growth mode and um of course, in this business, especially with generative AI coming into the market, we know there's a ton of disruption and innovation is going to be a core focus. And it's really been something that I, I'm super passionate about. At the same time, um, we added to our uh, executive staff with a CTO uh, who came from three previous startups in uh, in our office out in uh, Tel Aviv, Israel. And um, we found Oded. Uh, Really good guy. Uh, I interviewed him with Asaf, our, our CEO and um, our EVP of R&D out there, Leon. Uh, we all got together and said, hey, we got to bring this guy on board. But, you know, um, the startup industry, it, it, the people, the good people are hard to find. And uh, it made a lot of sense because he's got a deep engineering background in cybersecurity and, and a few other places uh, that is really going to help our team. Uh, out there, uh, level up their engineering across the board. I was happy to to bring him in, and then to uh, you know, I retained all the same direct reports and uh, my field CTOs, and and now I've been uh, kind of blessed to uh, have a rapid prototyping team assigned to me with a principal AI architect and um, just a ton of uh, real uh, hungry people uh, from from all parts of the company. Um, sales engineering solution architects are really getting together a team that's going to try to move us forward as quickly as we can, as safely as we can, because we're super mission critical for our customers. They use us to, you know, watch their services. We're the operations tier for them. So uh, we've got to innovate with some discipline. And I think that's really what I'm looking forward to and what, you know, we've, I've been doing it now since, uh, June, really, we kicked off with the uh, our first Gen AI feature. We beat the rest of the market, and uh, and now we formalized it, and we're expanding the team so that we can continue to move quickly. Well, that's awesome, and, uh, and congratulations on the role and and bringing in new talent, which is always uh, very important uh, for growing companies. And uh, you know, I, we talk a lot about talent and the importance uh, of of that and leadership. Uh, in pretty much every industry that we have, which is healthcare, cybersecurity is a big one, and of course, uh, in the digital enterprise. So happy to have you back as chief innovation officer. 
So, Jason, some of the last things uh, that I want to brief the audience on in case uh, you either are excited to listen to another episode with Big Panda or may have missed the first one. Last episode, we talked a lot about the current state of generative AI, especially with those IT ops teams who are struggling to keep keep up uh, with those flood of incidents and how generative AI is becoming that necessary tool, really, to make incidents response definitely faster, more accurate and um, more consistent, and of course, dabbled in some of the ways to best apply AI to IT ops to get that value that you're looking for. So bringing in Big Panda and the generative AI tools, having uh, tested a lot of large language models, so your team has certainly determined that combining that open AI with that rich data provides the most accurate results and the most valuable results. So I want to talk a little bit about the importance of having clean and enriched data for reliable results. Uh, Jason, could you could you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. There's a ton of talk about data and generative AI and kind of, um, you know, kind of the, the more engineering aspects to it, the data science aspects to it. And that's definitely useful if you're in a, um, you know, a marketing team or you're in a field where uh, I like to say close is good enough or you can get incremental gains by getting slightly better. Like if you were at, um, if you provide music, you're at Spotify, let's say, and you're trying to serve up the next song to somebody, hoping that they'll like it. And, you know, maybe there's a thumbs up, thumb, thumbs down. Close is good enough. If you get a slightly better recommendation, you're going to go from Taylor Swift to, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, some Korean pop band um, <laughs> and somebody likes it, then, all right, you've done a pretty good job with your AI. And maybe you use generative AI to look at their social media posts and try to recommend songs to them. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very different endeavor in operations where, you know, minutes of downtime cost lots of money and can ruin brand reputations. And so it, our application of generative AI has to be with precision and with uh, a, a definite eye on getting it right um, or um, empowering that team that is trying to keep those services running with the right information at the right time. And that's our first feature, you know, uh, automated incident analysis, which got into some root cause speculation. It gave a great summary based on the alert data and the topology data that we inherited from them that we, that we ingested and processed on our side. But that data um, comes from all over an organization. And uh, I was chatting today with one of my, um, I was slacking, of course, the, the modern language of business, uh, communication medium of business, um, with Alex Page, who's our principal AI architect. And uh, we we're talking about the, the challenges around it because nobody has perfect data. Everybody has their data in unstructured, semi-structured and structured formats. And in IT operations, there's often data silos here, there and everywhere. And we realized something as we were talking and talking about the next few features that we're, we're going to prototype for the, for the company. Um, we realized that it's, it's vitally important uh, to uh, use generative AI and, and use a good um, GPT or a, a pre-trained model. And it's, it's really important to have a great uh, you know, architecture to that and make sure it's responsive and, and does what you need to do. But even more important than that, and kind of as the, higher level mission for our team is it's presenting that LLM 
uh, with an accurate representation of the organization that we're trying to help. And that gets into their services topology, that gets into um, what is good and bad and everything in between from an observability standpoint, um, what, what their org structure is, who owns what at that company, what their remediation procedures are. How do we accurately represent all of the aspects of that organization to the LLM so that it can process that and do what it does to generate a, a root cause analysis or at least point the way, triangulate that problem in some way to, uh, to get the operations team a few steps further down towards remediation and do that every time. And that, that representation of the organization in data that we feed the LLM, that is such a, it's such a poorly understood thing um, because it's always been, we have teams that are, that, that are trained on rules-based systems and uh, they, you know, configuration and um, transforms and a million other ways to kind of massage things into some semblance of reality. Well, actually getting that semblance of reality and how things actually work, that is the job. That That is 90% of the work of applying generative AI effectively. Right. So I want to get into some of the practical outcomes of Gen AI and, and you know, being at the mission, you know, some of the things that you're trying to solve at Big Panda automatically identify those actionable alerts and proactively pre prevent incidents and ensuring, of course, the highest service uh, available. You know, someone like you, Jason, we talked a little bit and highlighted it on the last episode, but uh, being a customer first of Big Panda, being yep. a, you know Activision Blizzard for for ten years, what what's some of the ways that now you're seeing uh, Gen AI helping those IT ops teams out there? I think um, you know we're running a, a prototype right now with a major hotel chain, and uh, they've done some of the hard work of capturing their incidents in ten Slack channels where they have ten vital services that they support with their web app and their booking system and all of their scheduling and reservation systems. All of the incidents that come in, all the alerts, they go to one of these 10 Slack channels and uh, they've captured all of the remediation steps right there. And every time they actually approve a remediation step, uh, someone blesses it and says, yes, you're allowed to go take that action to try to restore service or to prevent a service from going down. That's all in there in these Slack channels, but it's all unstructured. It's all engineer A talking to operator B, talking to CS representative C and talking about this incident. And these, you know, one of these vital services that they have is, is down at, at a given time. And they're a really good organization, very successful economically, financially. Um, they're uh, a, a very well-run business, but they don't have a way to use all that data. And they don't have a way to um, actually take that and turn it into proactive uh, recommendations. And so what we're doing right now, and kind of what I, what I talked about earlier, is we're taking those Slack channels, we're taking all the chats that were made there, and we're training an LLM on how to remediate those services given the indications. And what we have to do there is actually marry up the alert data that is coming in from all of their monitoring systems all over the universe. We have that in Big Panda. 
and we've enriched it, we've we've processed it, we've correlated it, we've deduplicated it, we've filtered it. And so we've got this package. Here's here's how the incident started. And here's everything we know about the services involved. And then we have this conversation that takes place around remediating that issue. And now I can take um, uh, about a year's worth of those conversations and I can pull out and feed to an LLM all of the relevant bits of how did they remediate the service? What was the actual root cause of it? And how did they diagnose and triangulate that root cause to figure out there's what's broken and here's how we're going to fix it. And then I feed it a new incident with one of those major services and say, please predict the remediation steps to diagnose or remediate this issue. And that's that's a real world scenario, a prototype that we're co-developing with one of our customers, just so that we can get in there, solve a real world problem for them and do it in an entirely new way. Something that they never, you know, organizations don't patrol their Slack channels or their team's chat for relevant insights. That's all, you know, it's all in CMDBs and databases somewhere. That's actually not true. A whole lot of that, the tribal knowledge is captured in these conversations as people try to work through problems because of the real serious incidents and everybody who's worked in incident management for a little bit knows this. They're the things you didn't predict. The, the failures that you didn't anticipate with your monitoring or your architecture or your capacity management or anything else. And uh, what, what is happening in these conversations is pure gold from a uh, organizational insights perspective. You really get to understand how things work. And there's so much that, that people are holding up here that they're putting into documents, they're putting into conversations. Now that's all uh, able to be tapped into with a few intelligent uh, embeddings and fine tunings and training uh, of LLMs. You can now take that and really convert it into, well, here's a proposition for you in real time in a couple of seconds on how you can remediate this issue that last time it took you four and a half hours. That's that's a, a real world use case where we're already seeing great results with them. It's definitely a time of great change in, in the wide, wide world of IT ops, but it's something that people are starting to figure out, wow, this can really change the way I do everything. Right. It's that's that's I mean, that's incredible. It's it, allowing that to happen in, in such a, in almost in real time. And the, the power of automation is really incredible. And I, I mean, I just want, I could even ask you a question on how Slack is as a technologist that's changed the game for, uh, in, in not only the ways you communicate, but, um, how you can easily see incidents, uh, all together at the same time. Absolutely. We used to ingest emails from companies because, uh, they used to send alerts to email and they used to, uh, there, there's all sorts of interesting things that used to happen in email. And I, I don't know if you've noticed, but all most of my conversations have moved from email to either, you know, all day I'm either on Slack or I'm in Zoom. And right. you're a Microsoft guy, you're in Teams or you're in Teams. But it's uh it's pretty much the the medium that we're all swimming in right now is Slack and, and Zoom calls. And of course, there's a transcription of this that is also mineable for all sorts of unstructured data that with the right processing and the right approach to it, uh, where you use multiple LLMs, you, you tell an LLM to find in the transcript, let's say for this conversation, find the relevant points in this and distill them down to you know, a three paragraph summary. 
and eliminate all the fluff between you and me as we talk. And all of a sudden, somebody that wants to watch this podcast can take that transcript and distill down exactly what I said. And it, you can even ask the LLM for relevant insights. Well, you can do that with any meeting. Let's say a meeting of five software engineers who are talking about the architecture of, of a specific system or component of a service at their organization, how it's interacting with the network. All of a sudden, I can take the transcript of that Zoom call with these really intelligent, you know, domain experts, specialists in their in their areas, and I can turn that into topology information. That's hugely powerful. And, um, you know, we, we see it even internally to Big Panda. We have an operations channel where um, some of our uh, CICD tools, they're constantly publishing every change that we make to Big Panda, every little performance upgrade, every update that we do. And all day, you know, every container that, that gets reinstantiated, you know, destroyed and re recreated, every, everything that we do uh, is now captured in the Slack thread. And then we have a separate one where we keep all of our notifications from our own alerting systems to keep our services running. Well, both of those now can be ingested, hmm. pushed to an LLM and used to, to um, in, in our case, we recently had a very small incident, ended up not impacting any of our customers. Um, we just put an LLM against that and said, please uh, complete a root cause analysis for this and um, give me post-mortem action items for the relevant team members. And boom, there it is. It, it's, it's done for you. And that we cut out all of the middlemen in that. And even if the LLM isn't 100% precise, it's a great start for any anybody who's working on those sets of problems and for anybody who wants to catch up, let's say on what happened with that incident, like uh, a few months ago, we had a, an incident that impacted two of our customers and the sales reps and the account managers wanted to go talk to the customers. Hey, sorry about that. Here's what happened and here's what we're doing about it. And that's, you know, sales one-on-one. That's kind of how you manage accounts when, when incidents happen because they do. Um, and uh, that process, that entire process was made so much easier by just having the rep go through that incident Slack channel and rapidly summarize what had happened and then go through the postmortem and summarize, here's what we're doing about it. it all of a sudden, that is just a uh, almost touchless experience for everybody involved. It's awesome, isn't it? It's, 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 it actually really is incredible. And and just type in a certain uh, a word like Slack or generative AI, and you can provide a timestamp of the conversation, and, and it'll take you right to the point where you need the information. So, Jason, I want to switch gears a little bit. Of course, talk a little bit about the future. Uh, this is exciting stuff, and I, I understand it that you'll be uh, participating in a roundtable webinar discussion about um, the top five AI ops predictions for next year, 2024, you'll be joined along. You're the CEO, Soft Resnick, and uh, I think it's moderated by uh, Joe McKelvey, a VP of marketing and uh, product uh, marketing. And you're bringing in that customer experience as well of Nicholas Hatch from Sienna. So could you, uh, could you briefly uh, talk a little bit about perhaps some of these predictions and, uh, and a little, maybe even a sneak peek into what we'll uh, hear from the webinar? Um. Predictions. Uh, well, I, I can't steal the entire show uh, and give you any, the, the, the inside scoop on what we're going to present there. Um, it's actually, I can tell you a little bit about how hard it is. 
because every year this industry has changed for the past you know 20 years but the pace of change this year is just so much more the white house just released a an executive order around ai and llms and um governments everywhere and you know the uh technology leaders everywhere are they're both immensely aggressive in kind of using it and leveraging it for business purposes and there's a whole cohort of people often the same people who are also incredibly cautious about how it's going to be used and so i think what you'll hear at that at that um session is uh definitely things are going to be changing very very quickly and people are going to be finding ways to use ai uh that uh, right now um you know are, are still very much in the the prototype phase definitely we see the major providers the hyperscalers as well as open ai now um they are expanding their service op offering and uh specializing in different skill sets you're seeing massive changes in the way people develop software you're seeing uh the whole balance of engineering disciplines i was just talking about this with our uh with our CTO and CPO this morning, um, the the whole balance of what you need in terms of architecting, coding, uh, UI, UX, and data engineering uh, specifically, as well as AI itself as a discipline, the mix of resources that you're going to want to have at a startup company or at any company is changing because the workloads have gone down. Some of the more brute force problems are getting solved very capably by co-pilot, code interpreter, and a whole host of other technologies. Um, but you're also going to see organizations, and we've seen this already with Big Panda, when it comes to uh, their data and uh, the privacy of that data, especially in the more compliance heavy uh, verticals, you're definitely gonna see um, companies start to come out with their rules and their legal procedures and their uh, requirements um, for how their data can be handled. And um, that I think is, you know, that's to get AI effective at the enterprise um, and, and to get it in place, but in place safely. And it's really funny, you know, we just talked about Slack and how, you know, Slack has kind of taken over the workplace. Slack and Teams, Teams is pretty good. Um, they're, but Slack is the more fun and definitely the more startup friendly version of, the, of those two products. But chat has taken over and it was really interesting. I don't know if you were around when um, it was being adopted by large enterprises, but I remember at my last company how Slack came into the enterprise and it came in from the ground floor up. People just started using it. They started installing it within the firewall, you know, inside the network environment and legal and security kept saying, no, 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 we can't do that. And then all of a sudden somebody pointed out, hey, I know you're saying that security, but um, I noticed you have a Slack channel for security and the legal team as well had an internal Slack channel. And all of a sudden they were like, yep, I guess it's here. We have to figure out a way to make it work. And I think that's very much what's happening right now with AI. I don't know about you, but I uh, use ChatGPT. Um, every day to do all sorts of things from taking care of my daughters and, and researching colleges for them to doing my job and prepping for, for podcasts like this. But, um, you know, it is taking enterprises by storm from the, from the ground up. 
And then there is the more serious uh, applications of LLMs in specific domains with specific purposes. And those take a lot longer. But I think what you're going to see over the next year, prediction-wise, is everybody's going to start using it. And it's, it's not going to be um, always pre-baked and, and built into a software product. In a lot of cases, it will just be um, demanded by the operational tier, by the actual first line individual contributors who need, uh, they, they want to do their job better. And in the case of IT ops, I think that's going to be uh, LLMs to start doing some of that. They're going to start running their analyses on what they're doing and how their job is running and uh, what tools are most effective to accomplish which things. And as a big panda, you know, chief innovation officer, I'm actually very excited about that because our community has been uh, very, very positive about what our software does. And finally, that word can get out, um, you know, beyond the marketing that we do. Uh, people are going to start talking to people and referencing kind of, hey, what works in this situation? And that's where we've got a real uh, leg up, I think, on on other companies because we're We've always been focused on pragmatic uh, use of technology, not just, hey, this is shiny and new, but this is this is something that actually works to help you do your job better. And uh, that that I think is is something that I'm looking forward to over the next year. Yeah, well, that was a great answer. You didn't have to you didn't spill out out any of the excitement around this discussion. It will uh, it certainly be it'll certainly be great. Um, we'll, we'll have, uh, I don't know if some, there's some, uh, some of our members have any interest in, in attending. I know so there have some CIOs and CTOs that do regularly listen to the podcast. So maybe, uh, we'll provide some information regarding when that is and how to access it. Yeah. But, um, uh, Jason, oh, I can't let you go without our great crystal ball question. Uh, speaking of not only 2024, but because, this technology has been around and it seems to have been taking off now this year as we've talked about it, but what the future holds. I mean, this is technology that has so many possibilities and where it's going today is going to have a huge impact on how it looks tomorrow. So I'm curious as somebody as yourself who has just has been around and has seen technology transform over the years in in about five years, where do you see AI and the role it plays in changing enterprises and how they uh, effectively solve problems and how you see uh, IT ops in the future? Yeah, um, I think uh, I'll start with the last part of that. IT ops in the future is, um, there's a couple of things happening there. One is that SRE and DevOps are coming from the left to try to handle problems before they even occur. And there's a whole bunch of very smart people and great tools in that space that are um, starting to reach their limitation in terms of small teams trying to operate on large enterprises. As services age and uh, the components that make them up go into more of a run mode as opposed to a build mode, the DevOps uh, component moves more towards dev and the next thing and less towards ops. SREs are, are, are kind of the, the glue that keeps things together. And IT ops teams, which have traditionally, you know, they've been in place for ops forever and they do a very, very important job. Um, they are starting to adopt some of those uh, SRE methodologies. So they're going to move 
more towards engineering and more towards orchestration, automation, and towards automation throughout the life cycle from events all the way through to uh, incidents and, and the collaboration, notification, communication around those. Um, I think you're going to see IT ops get more and more capable there because the centralized ops team uh, is a very, very necessary component when you have distributed services that have interdependencies that no single SRE or DevOps team can really take advantage of. What does that mean for their use of Gen AI? Generative AI is, uh, is a way to democratize a lot of those en engineering skills. And um, you can easily train yourself to use an LLM to perform something useful in terms of automation or to tell you how to use a tool. If I don't know Ansible, but I need to write an Ansible playbook from a runbook that I have, I can do that in a few seconds now. Um, with the with the right input data, I can I can prompt an LLM to actually develop that for me. And then, well, hey, why should I do that by hand one at a time? Let's just do it all the way across all of our runbooks right now and get those in place and then iterate on them uh, periodically based on the new instance that occur in the historical intelligence that I'm developing. So I think IT ops is going to go through a transformation over five years, which mm -hmm. that's a pretty long time horizon, where they're getting deeper and deeper, better and better. And the expectations for the people using those services go up and up and up. And it becomes like power and water and every other utility where, no, 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 these just work all the time. And, you know, we've seen that. They're great teams and they're doing very important work. When it comes to, um, you know, generative AI itself and how it's affecting the enterprise, um, I would say... I'm just starting to see now the uh, peak of inflated expectations and people are coming to grips with some of the um, limitations of LLMs and some of the uh, false impressions that people have of them. They aren't good at things they haven't been trained on and they have a, a, a lot of trouble generalizing. Um, they can't say, hey, that's, uh, that's a small fish and that's a big fish. And the small fish is going to grow and evolve into this big fish. And then they look at a small dog and they say that small dog will grow into a large dog. They, they actually have trouble transferring the knowledge and maybe in that case, painting a picture of each step of that growth and how they evolve. They, they're actually not really good at transferring from uh, one domain to another. And, and that, uh, when they haven't been trained on it, if they've only been trained on, let's say, aquatic animals, very abstract example, they, they actually have trouble extending that over to mammals because the life cycle is different, you know, eggs and eggs versus live births and fur and, and uh, you know, there, there's just a million differences there. And that detail matters for them. It, mm -hmm. it matters for their accuracy. And so I think right now we're hitting that peak and... Now comes the hard work of, uh, you know, we're going to go through the trough over the, probably the next few months because I think that's it's going to be a faster cycle. And then we're going to start hitting the plateau. And the, the um, you know, when it comes to generative AI, all of the big companies, all of the monsters out there in technology are absolutely um, committed to uh, building it into their product roadmaps. There is... One thing, though, uh, strategically, that prevents them from moving as fast as they might, and that is the uh, business models that they've established in most of these spaces are 
very profitable. And if you look at earnings, like they're they're coming through pretty strong and they have been for a while. They are conservative when it comes to disrupting those very successful business models. And so I think what you'll see is um, over the next five years, at first, they'll be chipping away at the edges and building some capability on the edges of their platform. But um, it'll take two to three years before, let's say, Google replaces their entire uh, you know, landing page for search with simply an AI assistant who um, no longer do you look at a series of results uh, you know, based on their search algorithm. It is, it is now uh, a, a series of back and forth questions to determine what you really want between you and the Gen AI. And then it, it gives you a very precise set of matches. That is still, I think, two to three years off, but it's going to come. And uh, at, at, the, at the large enterprise, it's going to invade every function. Um, the same way, um, you probably don't remember Blackberries, but- uh, <laughs> I did have one. All right. All right. Good to go. You're, you're, you're not as young as I thought. Um, it's, uh, it's amazing what smartphones have done to the modern business and everything that you do on your mobile now, uh, is, um, kind of taken for granted. And I expect that much productivity out of my teams based on the knowledge that, Hey, you all have smartphones, so I can reach you at any time. And I try not to do that, but if you need to look at something, it's not a matter of, you know, getting to your laptop. I don't care if you're in Timbuktu. I, you know, if, if, if we need to figure something out together, we can do that instantly. Well, now there's about four more, uh, you know, 100% increases in terms of productivity that will be expected because I know that you can use a generative AI to look up anything that you need. And I, I just presented to my sales team on you should never go into a, a call with a prospect anymore, with a potential customer and not know how their business is doing in pretty good detail and not know their latest IT initiatives. You should have that going on immediately. And actually you should have a pretty good background in everybody involved that you're talking to um, because all of that is maybe 30 minutes of work. It, it, that it's your prep work uh, just shrank uh, immensely. And so five years is tough to predict. I think we'll be on probably, you know, GPT. They might abandon the numbering system. We'll, we'll see probably 4.0 turbo in the next few days. And I think, um, are we going to see an AGI? That's kind of, you didn't ask that question. Um, the next five years could see uh, some massive improvements, uh, especially now that the coding the workload has been reduced so much uh, just through the use of LLMs. We can develop new LLMs that much faster. So uh, yeah, pretty broad strokes. IT ops is a, is a small piece of that. And I think uh, what you'll see is uh, their adoption of generative AI to do all sorts of useful work in the uh, event to incident and really bringing together all of those silos in terms of change, event management, the collaboration in Slack, the documentation, uh, in problem management and other spaces, I think those will start to coalesce into one um, just kind of operations function. And it will be less specialized and much more capable because now you're bringing together all that fragmented data and knowledge into one system. And I think that's really where we're headed is we've kind of We've industrial revolution uh, style broken things out into real specific domains. I think 
generative AI is going to collapse that in again and, and let people be generalists again, rather than laser focused specialists who really are siloed in a lot of ways in terms of what they're allowed to, to work on. Jason, this has been uh, an incredible chat. You're, you're just a wealth of knowledge on just technology alone. And uh, it's a pleasure to to have this conversation with you. I know you have a very busy schedule, so I want to leave it here. But uh, thanks for coming on the podcast again to to talk about generative AI and especially how Big Panda is is playing a role in this with its solutions and how it's necessary, especially to make things faster and more accurate and more consistent. So I think without a doubt, there's got to be a um, there's got to be a part three. What are we on part two? We'll do a part three uh, next year on the on any of the updates and maybe some of these predictions that you might be talking about soon. They've yeah. uh, drew. So you, you can keep me honest uh, when we meet again. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been great talking to you. And thanks a lot for uh, the conversation. Of course. And I feel also I feel like if you did if you did own a BlackBerry, then you 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 definitely have the um capability of talking technology trend and digital transformation uh interestingly enough uh blackberry is is a cybersecurity partner with us uh now with, the, with their cybersecurity products which is really interesting so yeah they just transformed their entire business i met a few of them uh, at a conference i went to recently it's it's really interesting that arc that uh, company names go through yeah <laughs> well, motion. great company Yes, of course. But uh, yeah, Jason, take care. Thanks All a right. lot. Good seeing you.